vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs were often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to our next interview. I'm excited to dive into today's interview because we're going to be talking about, you know, those moments when we all realize it's time to become an entrepreneur. It's time to maybe take a leap of faith. And I think as we all have been either on this journey or maybe some of you who are watching today and considering getting on this journey, there's always questions about when is the timing right? How do we make these decisions? And especially when we have a successful career, when we have kind of that crossroads that we get to and we have to decide, do we continue down the path we're on or do we jump into entrepreneurialism? And today's guest, Jim Moore, is going to give us a little bit of insight into that. We're going to talk about Jim's journey. We're going to talk about Jim's background. And we're also going to maybe get some insights into what helped him confidently make the choice to go down that entrepreneurial path. I'm excited to have Jim here today because he's a fellow podcaster as well. So it's always wonderful to kind of chit chat and talk, you know, talk, talk. But at the same time, we're going to talk about podcasting as a business, talk about how really Jim has taken his podcast and taken it to a new level. How has he taken what we all know and love as the Buddy Vegan podcast and how he's maybe pivoted that into a potential career. So with that, I want to say hello to my guests. Jim, it's wonderful to have you here. Hey, Stephanie, it's awesome to to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's it's, it's great to be on the other side of the fence. Having, having had you as a guest on my show, it's awesome to be here. So thank you. Absolutely. It's so wonderful to have you here on this side, like you said, of the microphone. And maybe before we talk about the change, before we talk about mm-hmm. the leap and maybe even talk about what you're doing now, let's give everyone a little bit of background. Let's Make sure everybody knows about your podcast. Let's make sure we get everyone to subscribe and sign up for the (laughs) podcast as well. But also give them a little bit of the history of the two years that you have been podcasting and what that experience has been like. And then we'll maybe jump into a discussion on how you made the decision to quit your job and go into entrepreneurialism. Yeah, sure. So the podcast has been going for for two years called the Bloody Vegans Podcast. Well, over two years, actually. So it was October 2019 when it started. And there's 128 episodes, I think, now. Um, I've been doing one a week uh, since it started. I really distinctly remember my first guest was a good friend of mine. It was a, a fellow a fellow vegan, a parent. And we decided to have a discussion about vegan parenting. And um, I wanted to do a podcast, got all the equipment, was a, was a bit of an audio file, loved sound and editing and through mainly music growing up um and at college and university i was constantly tinkering trying to make albums and music and things like this so i kind of had a bit of experience in that but i i started this podcast with this one conversation and i remember him saying to me so how often are you going to do these and i start one a week 
and he said have you got uh, have you got any guests lined up and i said no and i <laughs> genuinely didn't and, um so now it's like a i see it as like a, a challenge i can't drop it now now that i've said that it was going to be one a week and I've managed to do it for this long. I, I just refuse to, to let it go. So there's been all kinds of different folks. So we started from humble beginnings, that, that conversation with a good friend of mine. And we've had all kinds of amazing guests yourself. You know, obviously a, an incredible guest for me. It was great to, great to chat to you. Captain Paul Watson, who heads up Sea Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had uh, activists. We've had business owners, nutritionists, you name it. People from all different work, walks of life. And that's kind of the, the premise of the podcast, if you like. It's it's really to uh, show that veganism is everywhere. You see, it is in every walk of life. You know, whatever your background, whatever your interests, whatever your your job of work, whatever it is you do, there are probably some vegans around you somewhere. Um, and that's kind of what the the Bloody Vegans podcast aims to do: is bring those stories, bring those people to to folks' attention. And and for folks who aren't vegan listening hopefully they'll identify with you know probably 80 percent of that person's story even if it's that 20 percent of veganism that they don't quite uh relate to and so hopefully it will take them along that journey too so it's um it's a fairly friendly fairly relaxed conversational style and yeah it's, it's been going for some time so i'm yeah, really enjoying it love it now you know i have to ask the name why the name what <laughs> what was the inspiration behind it yeah, so for US listeners, you you've probably heard the sort of UK kind of it's a very mild swear word, bloody in the UK. So I guess it's like like a like a dam, I guess would be the equivalent. But um in the UK it's kind of a bit cheeky, a bit playful. It, you you could say it in in sort of fairly colloquial, friendly kind of conversation with somebody, you know, bloody this or bloody that. And um it was something that I just I heard a lot at the beginning of my vegan journey was other people's there was just this mild annoyance at your very existence as a vegan. <laughs> so it was like, oh, bloody vegans. Because it was always this kind of like, you know, vegans are just making things awkward. You know, they mm-hmm. turn up at the party, they turn up at the, the birthday event or the, they're at the restaurant and they want the different menu or they want, the, you know. <laughs> and I just found it quite funny that we were this sort of, I don't know, mild annoyance. And this term kept coming up. I kept hearing this term, bloody vegan. So I just thought I'm going to embrace that term. It's, um, you know, and embrace the mild annoyance. Uh, uh, <laughs> why not? So it's, it's, it's become quite a you know i think a lot of people kind of ask me you know where has it come from and in the uk i think a lot of listeners kind of quite like the name they find it quite cheeky and so on so yeah that's where it came from perfect no i love hearing the background behind it because you know for many of us the reason we started our podcast has you know meaning to us you know it it's Mm. a way for us to express sometimes it's a way for us to connect and also sometimes it's just even a way for us to just share so I think podcasting, you know, while it can have some specific like business purposes and yeah. it can have, you know, very specific like news and educational purposes, <laughs> I really think it's such a fun medium because it can bring so many of us together for a short period of time. And especially while we do other things, while we run, while yeah. we walk, while we cook, while we drive, and it can become almost a part of everyone's everyday life. So love, love, love the name. Um, and definitely love saying it, um, as they would say. <laughs> so let's maybe talk about the change. Let's talk about mm. the title of today's 
podcast and why we kind of call this podcast Pivot, because it's always about those moments where we pivoted or made a change. And sometimes those things that not only the change is significant, but the next steps are significant. Mm -hmm. So let's go to, I think you said October of last year is when you made this decision to kind of take a different path when you ended up with a fork in the road. You were currently working, successful career, everything working great. And then you decided, maybe I should start a business. Walk us through what was going through your mind at that point (laughs) and what was the catalyst that said, maybe I could quit my job and do this. Yeah. So it's really interesting you say that, you know, podcasting about, you know, being this fun kind of almost pastime for many people. It doesn't have to have this kind of very strict kind of entrepreneurial outcome that you're trying to achieve. And that was very much my headspace when I got into podcasting. It was absolutely for fun. I have always, you know, since I first came across podcasts, I couldn't tell you the year, but probably 2006, 2007, something like that, and was just you know besotted with them i just love the idea that you know like you say you're doing your day-to-day things and you've always got this kind of friendly voice or this informative voice or educational voice or whatever it is in your ear and it always feels like a really intimate conversation often you get you build up quite a relationship with the with the host or with the hosts and so they've always been a part of my listening since i first discovered them and that was always what it was for me i had no intention of doing anything with it certainly not it being a business but i was i was definitely in love with it there's no doubt about that i'd always worked in kind of retail leadership you know i worked for marks and spencer which for us listeners is like a i guess like jc penny maybe was a while back I don't, maybe it's department store style department store yeah department store kind of thing and i worked for them for 10 years and then i worked for apple for 9 years most recently again in retail leadership so i ran a team of 100 my last sort of role and then I went into business to business for the last year of my my time at Apple and things were going great like you say I had a I had a successful career I'd always enjoyed what I did you know I, I hadn't necessarily hankered after anything else I grew up above a shop as a child my parents owned two shops and and I was constantly bouncing between the two as a young as a young lad you know under one of my parents arms you know that kind of thing so mm-hmm. I was it was in my blood retail was in my blood that was what I wanted to do I loved it but the podcasting like I say was just this huge passion and it, and it brought out lots in me that I I hadn't necessarily been able to express perhaps in my other career in the same way at least you know things like creativity and the the network building outside of the that one business and so on you know after 128 odd episodes you just get to know so many people as you know in this, in the podcasting yes. game and everybody mm-hmm. knows somebody else and they introduce you to somebody and you end up with quite a big network like un- unwittingly and um people were starting to ask me about you know how do how do i want to set up a podcast how do i do it you know what about the tech what about the audio and obviously like you know i had a tech background in my previous world i had this audio passion that started from music a long time ago and I was now doing it. I was now a podcaster. So I had a lot of folks, sort of just friends and you know, people in this network who were asking me, you know, how do I do this? What how do I do that? And so on and so forth. And I think a little sort of seed start I started with the kind of name, really, I think, in my mind. I just thought, you know, Bloody Vegans Podcast, BVP, I could have a whole network of things that that were, were connected to this acronym that was that was almost what i thought before i thought about it what it was i came up with the idea of bloody vegans productions and thought perhaps i could start helping these people and that be a, a charge 
service. That could be something that I offer to people. But I, I didn't necessarily, I mean, it was, it would have really felt like a leap to then say, well, leave that job that was, you know, it was security for me. It was looking after me and my family and um, it had given me all these wonderful things. Nine years of amazing career, one of the, one of the biggest names in the world in, in terms of, you know, a, a business in Apple and a really forward thinking one. And, you know, I was learning so much. But I think if I if I think about it, my, my therapist would probably say that it was um, that there was probably something connected right back to those early early memories with my parents. That mm-hmm. you know when my when I was doing my dad's you know I was sat next to my dad whilst he was doing a tax return. Or something, that I think there was there was probably an element within me that, that wanted to have my name above the door, if you like, and wanted to own my own thing and start my own thing. But mm-hmm. when you've been in that kind of corporate world for so long, that that's really difficult to to do because there's a Absolutely. real safety to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so this this kind of thought grew and grew, and then probably around the July time of last year, I started to kind of actually think very seriously that I could do this. I had, you know, I had equipment. I'd kind of invested a lot of time and money into it myself, so it didn't feel like a big risk in terms of like I wasn't going to go and let a retail unit you know it wasn't like i was trying to get a shop or get an office building and then you know mm-hmm. have all those overheads it was kind of like well i can try this so why don't i you know why don't i try it i started yeah. doing a little bit of it alongside alongside my role at apple and then i kind of i kept having this feeling like what i need is like the fear almost <laughs> I need I need to pull the the safety net out. You needed some fire. <laughs> yeah, I need to pull the safety net out from under me because otherwise I'm playing at this. Otherwise it's a bit of a a secondary thing. And so I made the decision. I just thought, you know, I'm going to what come what may, I'll just I'm just going to go all in and I'm going to give it you know, I, I started with the idea of I'll give it a year, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm already like, well, I'll probably give it two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and <I'm, laughs> that's what happens with most of us because we're like yeah i'm gonna try it let's see how it works yeah. out and then we're like yeah it needs a little more time it needs some more nurture yeah i was like yeah. i haven't burnt any bridges with folks at apple they all know that i'm going off to do this passion you know everyone was kind of like no look it's amazing that you're going to give it a try if it doesn't work out come you know come back so on and so forth nice. so I, I left on really good terms and that was really important to me i, I wanted to yeah. wanted to do that because they'd given me so much but yeah, I, I felt like it was time. So I, uh, I, in the August, September time-ish, I, mm-hmm. I pulled that rug and, and then, you know, four or five weeks later and there I was, day one, sat in front of a computer not, without a big team around me, just on my own thinking, okay, right, let's, let's <laughs> how do, do we this. run a business then? <laughs> yeah. So that's where, that was the story. Now, did you have any emotions around this time? The reason I bring this up is when I talk to a lot of people who make that leap, in those first few months, there can be all types of emotions we're feeling. You know, some of them are positive. Some of them are, you know, like, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now and why I'm (laughs) feeling this. And I bring that up because I think when people start a business, they think it should be all joy. It should be all rainbows. It should, I shouldn't have this feeling of like, oh my goodness, do I know what to do next? Or what should I do or have some doubts? And if you're willing to share with us, would you be willing to kind of share what it felt like in those first 30 or 60 days and some of the emotions that you had to work through to kind of persevere? Happy to. Yeah. And, um, 
I'd say actually say I'm still going through them. You know, there's there's a huge like, you know, the change curve we've we've all heard of in various sort of business guises. I definitely say there's there's elements of that when you start something like this where you go through that, you know, the denial and frustration. <laughs> <laughs> questioning and and all those kind of you, you definitely get I've definitely gone through all of those I'd say in the first it was interesting the first 30 days I was probably just full of excitement to be honest mm-hmm. I was actually just like you know there was post-it notes everywhere and there was flip charts and there was I was I was kind of I think drawing on some of the old my old you know the old tricks that I'd, I'd had in my sort of leadership career to kind of lead my way through this I'm going to coach myself into this you know into being this business owner mm-hmm. and then i'd say after about after that first month then i probably had a big crash the other way it was like oh my goodness so it you know i've got like two customers <laughs> um, uh it you know this isn't going to pay the mortgage is this going to work am i charging the right price you know i probably doubted every single element of what i was doing mm-hmm. And I still have days like that. Being being yeah. totally honest with you, like uh, you know, it's it's you know less than a year down the, ru- the down the line. So I'm still probably going through some of those emotions now and then of like, you know, is that the right price to charge for that? Is that you know, how do I get more clients? How do I you know that kind of thing? But I have sort of over the course of probably the last couple of months developed a little bit more comfort in being uncomfortable you know and it is what it is you'd kind of like the only way to get from a to b is to focus on the the first step in front of you rather than thinking about you know i need to get over there and i think that you know when i had that first crash i was thinking about what i wanted it to be in probably five years time and why it wasn't there already you know if I, if I, yeah. I reflect on it um rather than thinking what is the next step today you know what's the put one foot in front of the other kind of approach i think now i'm in that space i feel a little bit more comfortable with i don't know everything i'm happy to build it in flight things are mm-hmm. going to change customers will will ask for things that i haven't i hadn't even thought about and that might help shape the direction I spoke to a, a founder a while ago of, a, of another business that's pretty successful now, and she mm-hmm. said something that sort of uh, really helped and and kind of resonated with me, which was, you know, ninety nine percent of people in this, in, you know, who are an entrepreneur or a founder of some description, the thing that they set out to do isn't the thing that they're doing now, you know, yes. and that's fine, you know, that's yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. fine. Be comfortable with that. And so I think that really helped me because it was I had a, a strict idea of what I you know if it's not on the post-it note, then you know it's not that's not what I wanted it to be. And and now I'm kind of a bit more comfortable with it. Will just evolve. It's going to grow yes. organically. Yeah, and I think that's the key about being an entrepreneur is how much of it is it's a journey. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where there's really not a destination, even though we do twelve month planning, you know, three to five year planning, and so forth. Those are really like stops along the way. And the idea is that the business is supposed to ebb and flow and grow and transform because the customer changes over the years, the customer's needs and also our capabilities change. So it can be like a beautiful experience, but it's can be a little nerve wracking in the beginning because, you know, you almost can't, you know, it almost feels like water, like you can't hold it in your hands because it feels like it's changing and moving <laughs> and, and you know it just it doesn't have a handle on it so, so you can just grab it so i think it's one of those 
even sometimes entrepreneurial life lessons to get comfortable with the doubt, to get comfortable with the change, to get comfortable with the idea that, you know, you can't just cook up like we were talking before the, um, before we started, you can't just cook it up, you know, cook a batch up of services. You can't just make it yeah. in a cave, you know, isolated. <laughs> it has yeah. to be done out in the open and with customers. And I think that was one thing that I loved about our kind of pre-show chat is how much you've been working with customers and how they've inspired maybe some of your services or helped you redefine it. And I always like it when, you know, when our listeners are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs or aspiring to be entrepreneurs, and maybe I'll just do a quick shout out, anybody who's listening live, or even if you listen to this as a recording, just shout it out in the air. You know, let me know if you're already an entrepreneur or if you're an aspiring entrepreneur. It's always nice to know who's listening live, or even if you're watching this as a recording. So just drop it in the comments for me. But do you have any advice? Do you have any recommendations for people on how they can make sure they stay customer focused Mm. and get used to that concept that the customer is kind of riding along with you on this journey and helps you make even a better business at times? Do you have any thoughts or advice or any tidbits that people would um, maybe benefit from? Yeah, I think um, probably initially I, I came at it from a view of um, of a very customer service. From my background, it was very customer service orientated, as in the relationship was I was offering a thing. Would you like the thing? And then I will deliver the thing at, you know, at, as best to my, the best of my ability. I think particularly in the line of work that I'm in, what I've discovered is that it is far more of almost of a partnership between you and the, the the customer you know like you say they are on the journey with you they're part of your of your business too and they certainly my early customers and all the all the customers i've got now actually they they shape what i do and how i do it all the time so i'd say like listening acutely to them asking them open questions you know asking for that feedback and how how they how they would like to see your service evolve i think is is you know is the way to go and be just be open like you know if somebody says do you do x or could you do y let's explore that you know what could i do and then i'd love we were talking in the before before we went live and i loved what you said then about not just taking what they've asked you for but then thinking you know how do i then make that really defined really unique really something that makes what I offer stand out. So I'm not just offering you that that service you asked for, which I didn't necessarily have on my pad, but I'm I'm then trying to take it to another level and give it a twist. I'd love that point and I'm going to take that away. So th- thank you for that, Stephanie. Absolutely. And even sometimes I have to remind myself because, you know, it's it's important for us to remember those roots and also learn that you know, there's so much in an evolution of a product and service, you know, even when we think about brands that we know and love, sometimes which makes a brand different and stand out has to do with that extra kind of secret sauce. It's that extra piece that they put on or how they listen to customers. So sometimes I'm also in that in that learning zone, too, and, and watching others. Just wanted to say hello to SDA lawyer. Give us a shout out that um, in the entrepreneurial space with us and also ask for any encouragement out there. Do you have any encouragement since we did have a request for it? Any words of wisdom for anyone out there that's 
on this journey and has been hitting some of those speed bumps, I like to say. You know, when you're driving and you hit a speed bump, then tear up the car unless you're driving <laughs> too fast. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a process where you have to slow down at times to address those speed bumps, but you can gain speed again. Do you have any thoughts for anyone that would just give them some inspiration today or maybe something that's happened to you recently that was an inspiration after you saw a roadblock, a dead end sign (laughs) or something unexpected? Yeah, I'd say like, um, well, probably two things. One is, you know, talking about roadblocks, like when when something goes wrong, I think there's a real temptation, particularly when you're in the early days, like you say, to really doubt whether the thing that you're doing should even exist. You know, you start to go into full imposter uh, syndrome mode and think, you know, am I right to be doing this, etc. I think trying to flip that on its head and see it as, as it's a bit of a gift, actually. It's kind of when something doesn't go right, that you've actually learned something. You've probably learned a lot more from that thing that didn't go right and how you figured your way through it than if everything just went exactly like the the plan that you'd written on the flip chart on day one. So I'd say that was the, the first thing. The second thing I'd say, like, particularly if you're starting out on your own, which many entrepreneurs are, they're, they're like employee zero, zero, 001, then find others in the same space. You know, whatever wherever your network is, you know, if you can find others, because I think one thing I, I went through in the first month or so was really feeling like I was the only person in the whole world who'd ever done this, and who'd ever been through any of it and who'd ever experienced the same problems and you can you can look on our kind of social media in the social world the social media world and you can look out and linkedin and wherever and you can sometimes feel like everybody's got everything figured out and you're the only person who's struggling and um i then joined a couple of networks and i spoke to a couple of people in the same space and other people who'd founded things some people who were very early on the journey and some people who'd, who'd gone through it a lot a lot later and it was mm-hmm. honestly like a godsend. Like it really just just relaxed me completely because I realized uh, it's, that sounds obvious, but I absolutely wasn't the only person who was feeling exactly the same feelings and had hit a roadblock and then thought, oh no, I better give it all up. I better go back to what I was doing before. So um, find find a network, find other people who are in similar similar situations as yourself. And if you can, even better, so something another founder said to me, if you can found something with somebody, then that's even better because you've then got that person to bounce off and that other person to share all those concerns and you know all those worries that you may have at the beginning. Absolutely, yeah. Partnerships, even collaborations, because mm-hmm. even when people have their own business and you have your own and you work together on a project together, um, those can be pretty inspirational. And also it can it can show you how to build with others, you know, mm-hmm. give you that experience and leverage each other's network. Just going to say a quick hello to Laura. Thanks so much, Laura, for stopping by. 23 years self-employed. That's amazing. Definitely know what you mean about it's always morphing into something new. Todd, thanks for stopping by as well. Yep, yep, yep. It's, um, as Todd's saying, it's called the art of knowing how <laughs> and knowing when to know that. So I think what we're saying here is you're, you kind of sometimes think you know where you're going, but you haven't experienced it yet. So you might not know that destination. <laughs> and you're in these like knowns and unknown worlds and kind of, you know, jumping back and forth. And I think getting comfortable in that zone is really key for entrepreneurs. 
And then SDA lawyer, I know you dropped a quick question in here as well. We may not be able to address this completely today, but I do have another podcast called Spark. And it talks about, you know, this issue specifically, you know, when you're building a business, one thing that we all struggle with at times is finding customers or clients that can pay right away. Sometimes our clients are not at a point where they can pay us. So therefore it makes it even more difficult for us to pay ourselves. So finding that balance. So I'm going to probably drop a follow-up link in YouTube for you, SDA lawyer, but I don't know, Jim, if you want to talk about that or if you have any perspective on it, I can always give my two cents as well. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think if you, the point you made about collaboration actually is probably the one that kind of, that jumps out is that maybe if you're, if you're working with somebody early on and you can't afford to necessarily pay them, they can't necessarily afford to pay you for the service that sometimes there's some beneficial work that can be done for each other and leveraging each other's support and each other's networks and services and and i definitely have had that experience actually with a with a fellow entrepreneur who does uh, a, a different uh, line of line of work but was actually wanted to start a podcast course which was you know in on paper was doing something very similar to what i was going to be doing and actually mm-hmm. we kind of pulled resources and i've ended up editing her podcast and she's ended up helping me with my podcast course. So it, we've, nice. we've kind of ended up giving each other one of our paid services to help us both along the way. And it's helped us actually develop a collaborative relationship where we can leverage each other's audiences as well. Perfect. Now, I think that's a great example because I think sometimes we forget that we can help each other get ahead. And also, you know, a lot of us come to entrepreneurialism with a lot of skills, you know, because we've had corporate jobs. Um, maybe we've raised families that so we know what it's like to pull people together, to lead, you know, to teach, to train. Many of us have had kind of other lives in a sense where we've accomplished other great things. And we forget that even though that may not be the core of what you're doing in your business right now, those skills may be skills that other people need. So through that collaboration, it's a great way to help each other. And then one other thing that I always recommend is sometimes when we're thinking about paying people, or having people help us with our business, we think full-time employees. You know, we think we're going to like hire people. And often I find as entrepreneurs, you really don't even need a full-time employee at a time in, in the beginning. Really what you need is a freelancer. You need someone to come in for 30 days and work on a process or set up an automated process for you or help you get your reporting started and then you maintain it. So I think there's some other ways to get help and get help in a more budget-friendly way by thinking of that freelancer route. So hopefully, SDA lawyer, that helps you as well. So Jim, we're coming up at our 30-minute mark. We know we normally try to keep these around 30 minutes or so because we're jumping into people's ears in the middle of their day as well as on their podcasts while they're doing other things. So as we wrap up, I always love for our guests to give people a quick you know, maybe words of wisdom, something that you've learned over the last year, or especially as a result of your pivot that you think would help other people. And then I also just want to make sure we wrap up with your contact information, whether whether people want to connect with you on social media, connect with you because they need help with their podcast. And they're like, oh my goodness, Jim can help me. (laughs) So this is definitely the place where we plug everything so that um, if people are looking for your support and your assistance, they can get in touch with you. Yeah, I'd say um, essentially your, your business plan doesn't have to be set in stone. I think that's probably my my 
call it words of wisdom if you like. I'm not sure I'd give it that loftier title, but I'd definitely say, um, yeah, whatever your plan is at the beginning, be prepared to change it. Be prepared to evolve it and listen to, you know, what either your customers or, or, you know, people you trust in that inner circle are are telling you, because I think you can get stuck in almost a bit of a dogma, a bit of a kind of, this was my vision and you can get quite protective of it. And I think that can be a bit dangerous really for your, for your, in the future of your business. I mean, yes, it's great to have like a very clear vision, but inflexibility is never usually a a good thing. I think certainly in, in business. So that would be my, my steer. Okay. Uh, in terms of where you go about finding me and, and the, the business, www.bloodyvegansproductions.com so bloody vegans with an s uh, productions.com and there you can find all of the kind of services etc that i'm offering to help you either get started in your podcast for some folks it's just i haven't got time to edit it i know how to do it but i just want to take away that pain to your point about sometimes you know enlisting the help of a freelancer with an aspect of your business can help mm-hmm. and we've got packages to suit that right through to you know i don't have any kit i need to hire the kit i need to do you know i need the whole thing managed for me all i want to do is turn up and and speak into a microphone so there's packages to suit anybody who's interested in anything to do with podcasting so you can get in touch via the website or jim at bloodyvegansproductions.com and you can also listen to the podcast as well if you're if, if you're interested in such things. And you can do that on any of your podcast providers. Just search for Bloody Vegans Podcast or head to the website, bloodyveganspodcast.co.uk. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and being my guest. Thank you for sharing not only what you've been experiencing, you know, some of the emotions and also just walking us through kind of the process because it's just wonderful to hear everyone's not only journey and story, But also it's a good reminder for many of us when we have those bad days, when we have those days where, you know, we're not in the right headspace. And I'm hoping today, and I'm really sure today's podcast is going to be one of those kind of podcasts where people listen to it and they're like, yep, yep, yep. I'm like, I'm on the right track. I listened to Jim. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling stronger. I know maybe I don't have all the answers and I don't know everything, but I know that I have customers who love what I'm doing. I have customers who are working beside me and I know that I'm making a difference in the world. So I'm hoping everyone takes away those things because that's what I'm taking away (laughs) from today's session. So thank you once again, Jim, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Absolutely. And thank you everyone who joined us live. I always love hearing from you. I always love the shout outs. Thank you so much for those who typed them or even if you did yours verbally or if you're going to type it as a part of the replay, we always check out the comments in these. So feel free to participate as well as ask any questions and anyone who's maybe trying to get in touch with Jim. If you post a note in the comments, I will make sure we get you over to Jim. So thank you everyone for joining us live and we will see you on our next interview. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session, so I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. 
Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.